Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is John Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. And welcome to another episode of The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. How is everybody doing on this Monday? As we have a great show for you. Just a reminder that you are listening to us on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key out of Newton, Georgia. We are brought to you by Ivy Park Sports Bar and Grill, Go Jump and Slide Inflatables, and Backwoods Barbecue. Welcome! I am so glad to be back from vacation. I know I had a couple of shows last week, but you got a lot of best of shows on the radio station. And I do have a few announcements to make. This is episode 421 as we have continued to roll on on this show. I do not have a guest today, but there is a lot of stuff to cover that happened over the weekend. And I have a special announcement to make on this show. So today, I've had the privilege to be a guest on Flavor 92.1 Sports Visions out of Columbus, Georgia, with legendary broadcaster and former Georgia Bulldog and NFL player DJ Jones. He's been a guest on this show. I'm going to be sitting in for his producer, Thrift Behringer, as we all know him as Coach T, does a phenomenal job with the Campus Academy. And so it really means a lot while Thrift is on vacation, that DJ has asked me to fill in for him. And so I am honored, and I cannot wait to do the show later this afternoon. It's going to be on Flavor 92.1 from 4 to 6. I know this show you can catch from 5 to 5.30, but if you want to listen to both shows, because I'll be on at the same time, you can always catch a replay of Sports Visions. Just visit their Facebook page, and you can get the episode there. A lot to cover, including the Columbus Lions finishing the regular season with a 7-5 and record. And they are taking all this momentum into the playoffs as their first playoff game will be this Friday night against the Carolina Cobras. The Columbus Chattahoots clinch the SBL West. And right now, their playoff position is looking really good as they took 2 out of 3 against the Gwinnett Astros to clinch the division. And the Atlanta Braves took two out of three against the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. However, they're still a game and a half back from the New York Mets. I'll get into the Braves as well. We have a recap of SEC Media Days as the media has picked who's going to win the West and who's going to win the East. This is the week of NFL training camps, and I'm going to preview the NFC South. So every time I have a show without a guest... I will go ahead and preview a division. So I'm going to start with the NFC South because we're in Atlanta and you got the Atlanta Falcons. So all the teams are regional to this area. All right, let's get into the show. 
How about those Columbus Lions? I know it's been a rocky season. They've had six quarterbacks make a pass attempt. It's unbelievable what they have done. The resilience to bounce back. They struggled on the road, but they were able to beat the Orlando Predators 71-14. to Yes, you're reading that score right. Their defense allowed just 14 points. That is a record this season. And Mason Espinoza, he has been the starter of the last two games, 2-0 as a starter. We actually got the text message come game time that he was not going to be there because of an obligation with work. So in comes Daniel Smith. And is he not the best backup quarterback in the NAL? Daniel Smith comes in, throws four touchdown passes, and he does not skip a beat. I feel that Daniel Smith is going to be the future of the Columbus Lions, and he's going to be the starting quarterback in 2023. Columbus rise a three-game win streak into the playoffs. I know Jared and myself were scoreboard watching, hoping that Jacksonville could beat Carolina. Jacksonville did have a 20-9 lead on the Carolina Cobras, but Carolina was able to come back. And Malik Henry, one of those unsung heroes for Carolina, another great backup quarterback, leads the victory. And so, unfortunately, the Columbus Lions will start the playoffs on the road as they will take on the Carolina Cobras this Friday We were so hoping that Jacksonville would win because Columbus would have hosted the playoff game at the Columbus Civic Center, and Jared and I would be able to do another game. There's a possibility that Saturday night's game may not be our final game because if Jacksonville beats Albany and Columbus beats Carolina, Columbus is going to host the NAL championship game, which will be August the 13th. They're going to give teams a bye to prepare for the championship game game and then all of a sudden when the nal season is finally over we go right into high school football my broadcast partner Corey bank has actually been up there in the booth with me just hearing the broadcast and he is going to be doing color commentating with me for the high school game of the week it's practically all the russell county home games one road game against valley Three Smith Station games and two Glenwood games. I've been told that Glenwood has their own broadcast team. So I might be able to have a day off. And I actually got an invite to go see Central play football. I would love for that to happen. Central actually has some home games when Glenwood has a game and Russell County is on the road. I'm also open to attend some high school football games on Thursday nights as well trying to work on getting press credentials so I can cover high school football on my show. So every week, I want to try to get a guest that is Columbus-based so we can talk high school football, uh, whether it's Tyler Crowder, Zach DeBozart, Rex Castillo, and Jack Patterson. That would be a, just a perfect combination right there. As uh, Jack has been a guest on my show. I've been a guest on On Your Sidelines podcast with Rex and Jack, the sports anchors from WRBL. And then uh, Jonathan Hopp would actually be a good uh, guest that I want to try to reach out to and see if he wants to be a guest sometime. But I do have a busy couple of weeks. I'm actually lining up the guests this week. So on the show this week, I'm going to have New Mexico Lightning midfielder Tanya Chavez. I know we were supposed to do a show last week, but with me being on vacation and just having a busy schedule, it's really been tough. So she's going to be on the show. Russell County head baseball coach Tony Dimitri is going to be on the show this week. And we're not just going to talk about Russell County baseball. He's got ties to Harris County Little League. Uh, He's been posted on social media. Harris County Little League wins the state title and they will represent Georgia. This Friday, you can watch it on ESPN+. 
in the Southeast Regionals as they will take on West Virginia in Warner Robins. So congratulations to Harris County for the 12 and under winning the state title and going to represent Georgia. So I'm going to have him on the show as well. And then I normally do a Lions recap with Jared Dillard. Our special guest this week is going to be DB Maurice Leggett, who leads the Columbus Lions with six interceptions. He had two in Saturday's game. So we are just getting excited and we are ready to see what the Columbus Lions can do in the playoffs. Well, the Columbus Chattahoots are starting to pull away. They win the SBL West. They sweep the Gwinnett Astros in a doubleheader on Saturday, 10-6 and 9 to nothing. And today, they will take on the Chocolaca Monsters. They got one more game to wrap up the regular season on Tuesday up in Oxford, Alabama. And then they get ready for the playoffs. They are currently 16-10. and 10. Right now, they are locked into the number two seed. That is going to be huge because not only does that guarantee them the home series in the first round of the playoffs, it guarantees them a bye. The Gainesville Gold Diggers have locked up the number one seed. They are 19-6. and six. So the road to the SBL championship will go through Gainesville. Right now, the Atlanta Crackers are 15-11. and 11, So they are a game behind Columbus as the top six teams in the SBL make the playoffs along with the division winners. Here are some of your leaders for the Columbus Chattahoots. Wynn Johns and Britt Netterville both lead the team with three home runs. Sims Owens leads the team with 14 runs batted in, followed by Brett Netterville with 13, and Wynn Johns with 11. Zane Ross continuing to win the batting title for the Chattahoots. He's batting 341 on the season. So good luck to the Columbus Chattahoots tonight at Historic Golden Park, and you can listen to the game on 99.1 and 106.9 in Columbus as Zach DeBozart will provide the play-by-play. Well, the Georgia Vipers in the Professional Basketball Association just keep rolling along 8-0 on the season as they take their talents on the road and they defeat the Southwest Florida Blazers 109-98. to Their next home game is going to be August the 13th at the KBW Gymnasium. For those of you in Columbus that are basketball fans that want to attend the game, the KBW Gymnasium is just outside of Highway 22, right near the campus of St. Ann Pacelli. And it's a fun watch. I've been checking out some of their games on YouTube. That is a team that looks exciting. And they play in the summertime and they play in the fall. So if you don't have an opportunity to come out to a game, Like this year, I actually have work obligations. I will not be able to make it to a regular season home game. I do expect to make it out in the fall when they start back up again. Well, what do you know? The Atlanta Braves, they continue rolling along. They take two out of three against the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. They did lose the third game to the Angels and you know Ian Anderson got roughed up a little bit and I know some people that actually went to the game Friday night that was worth the price of a mission because Shohei Itani was pitching for the Angels unfortunately if you wanted to see Mike Trout you would not be able to see him because he was injured in that series I was scoreboard watching the Sunday night game was the Padres and the Mets the Braves cut the lead just to a half a game on Saturday, but the New York Mets were able to win on Sunday, and so they are currently a game and a half ahead of the Atlanta Braves. I think the Atlanta Braves are going to pull away, and they are going to end up catching the New York Mets and winning the division. 
but they've had some bad news on the injury front. Adam Duvall is going to be out for the season. I still feel the Atlanta Braves have a lot of depth, especially with the resurgence of Michael Harris. He is a rookie of the year candidate. The Atlanta Braves are 58 and 39, so even if they don't win the division, they are the number 1 seed in the wild card. So they would host a wild card game. They've got to avoid the Dodgers. Go get the number 2 seed. So if you have to face the Dodgers, you're going to face them in the NLCS. That's what the Braves want to try to do is win this division, get the number two seed, and make it back to the NLCS. I think that's the expectations. Now, whether or not they beat the Dodgers or not, the Dodgers are a very talented team. They have the best record in the National League with a 64-30 and record. They have won eight straight games, including sweeping the San Francisco Giants in four games at Dodger Stadium. That one hurt. The Giants have not got swept by the Dodgers in four games since 1995. And we all know that the Giants were terrible in 95. This one really hurts. I know the Giants swept the Dodgers in San Francisco. But when you have a rivalry like this, it goes back and forth. And that's why that NLDS last season was so epic. The Giants have struggled this year with a 48-47 and record. They're not the same team. I think they missed the bats of Chris Bryant. They've had their ageless stars, Brandon Belt, Brandon Crawford, that has been injured. And they missed the leadership of Buster Posey. I think that makes a huge difference. Buster Posey was the captain. He was the catalyst for this San Francisco Giants team. And not having him in the clubhouse makes a huge difference. So yes, the Giants are struggling, but the Dodgers are just continuing to roll along. And they're just doing it with incredible pitching. They don't even have Walker Bueller. But they have players like Julio Urias and Tony Gonsolin that have stepped up. And of course, Clayton Kershaw, who started the All-Star game. He is probably the best pitcher ever in baseball. So they did have the Baseball Hall of Fame ceremony. And I was so happy for Big Poppy. And you got to remember, you know, he was playing in the 2000s. So in, in 2000, I was in college. So David Ortiz is really the first Hall of Famer that has gotten in where he, there is speculation that he took steroids. But the problem is that David Ortiz is a likable guy. He is so likable. His accolades are Hall of Fame numbers. But he really didn't get on the scene until he came to the Boston Red Sox in 2003. He started his career with the Minnesota Twins, and he wasn't a Hall of Famer with the Twins. Right off the bat in 2003, when he came to the Red Sox, 31 home runs, he hit 541 home runs. I strongly believe that David Ortiz is in the Hall of Fame because of the rings. He gets in by getting about 78% of the votes selected by the baseball writers. And he won three World Series titles with the Boston Red Sox, including an epic storybook season in 2004 when the Boston Red Sox came back from 3-0 to defeat the New York Yankees in the ALCS and Big Poppy came up to bat just about every time with clutch home runs, clutch base hits, and that is one of the reasons why that is one of the reasons why he is in the Hall of Fame. And I know that he's listed as a first base, but this is really the first true designated hitter that has made it to the Hall of Fame. So congratulations to Big Poppy, a likable guy, seven silver sluggers, 10-time All-Star, and good for him. If you look at the Hall of Fame ballot, 
for the class of 2022, he was the only player that got in that was not selected by the Veterans Committee. It was selected by the baseball writers. Barry Bonds was second on that list by getting 66% of the votes, followed by Roger Clemens, 65%. Scott Rowland got 63%. Some players of note that were first year on the ballot include Alex Rodriguez. He got 34% of the votes. I do feel that Alex Rodriguez will eventually get into the Hall of Fame. I know that he has the allegations with steroids, but that's neither here or there. He was a great player despite steroids. And uh, the Atlanta Brave, Andrew Jones, got 41% of the vote in his fifth year of eligibility. I think Todd Helton will get in. He had a 52% of the vote in his fourth year of eligibility. So Atlanta United, they lose to the LA Galaxy 2 mil down in LA. And this team is just starting to get frustrating. It's frustrating to be an Atlanta United fan. They win the possession battle. They outshoot the Galaxy. And they don't come up with any goals. That's coaching. Atlanta United has not had a decent coach since Tata Martino left after their 2018 MLS Cup championship. Frank DeBoer was an okay coach. They gave him the axe after 2020. You remember when the MLS was the first professional sports team to come back after the pandemic? And they had the MLS back, and they had the MLS's back tournament. And Atlanta United did not do well in that tournament at all. And they missed the playoffs in 2020 in the pandemic season. And they fire Frank DeBoer. Frank DeBoer, in his first year with Atlanta United, led them to the Eastern Conference Final against Toronto FC. You can't just bail on a manager just because he does not give you results. This is unbeneath Atlanta United. I know that they don't have their goalkeeper, Brad Guzan. But still, come on. You've got to score goals. And it can't just be Joseph Martinez. They've lost great players over the years, including Miguel Amaron, Petey Martinez, Ezekiel Barco, Darlington Nagby, Michael Parkhurst. I think that Atlanta United misses the leadership of Michael Parkhurst. So Atlanta United will regroup. There's still a chance that they could get in the playoffs, but it just doesn't look good. They fall back to 12th place as they have 24 points and they are just four points out of the playoffs because Charlotte has 26 points along with the Chicago Fire, which that is the team they will play next in Chicago. So that is going to be a game where they've got to win. They've got to win that game if they want to make the playoffs. All right, so all last week we had SEC Media Days, and it was very entertaining. All eyes were on Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban. What were they going to say at the podium? But they squashed their beef. I know the big story is NIL, also the transfer portal. I mean, think about all the players that have transferred to a rival. You have Georgia's best wide receiver, Jermaine Burton, transfer to Alabama. Is that right? I don't know if that's right. But no surprise, the Alabama Crimson Tide has been selected to win the SEC West. Georgia is selected to win the SEC East. They are going to be on a collision course to meet once again in the SEC Championship and possibly in the National Championship, which I don't think because I think there's going to be a lot more teams this year that are going to be undefeated. If you look at the top teams in college football, I think when the new AP preseason poll comes out, I think that Alabama is going to be number one. 
Georgia is going to be number two. Ohio State is going to be number three. A lot of voters would put Ohio State as number two. I'm one of these guys that thinks, who is the best teams in college football? If you're going to vote Ohio State number two, it's because you think at the end of the season, they are going to end up finishing number two because they are going to go undefeated. They do have a tough test week one against Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame is going to be a top five program. I think that they don't skip a beat with Marcus Freeman. I think that Marcus Freeman is a great recruiter. I think that Notre Dame is still going to have an elite defense, and that is going to be an exciting game. In fact, I've come up with my top 10 games that I want to see, that I'm going to be in front of the couch watching this college football season. Starting with number 10, it's a rivalry renewed out of the old Big 8. Oklahoma Sooners, led by new head coach Brent Venables, traveling to Lincoln, Nebraska to take on the Nebraska Cornhuskers, which Scott Frost is going to be on the hot seat this year. Number nine, you got Florida and Utah. Utah is a slight favorite, even though that game is going to be in the swamp. With new head coach Billy Napier, you don't know what you're going to get with Florida. Number eight, the Cincinnati Bearcats taking on the Arkansas Razorbacks. The Razorbacks are a slight favorite. In fact, they are projected by many voters and members of the media to finish second behind Alabama in the SEC West. But that is going to be a big test. I know that Cincinnati doesn't have Sauce Gardner or Desmond Ritter anymore, and they had that incredible run to the college football playoff last season. That is going to be a tough test. Number seven, it's the rematch from that incredible game up in Happy Valley where Auburn almost pulled it out. Penn State travels to the Plains to take on the Auburn Tigers in week three. Auburn lost five straight games last season and finished a disappointing six and seven. But under second year head coach Brian Harson, they do have Tank Bigsby coming back. And I saw some promise from TJ Finley in the Iron Bowl. Who's going to be the starting quarterback for the Auburn Tigers? Is it going to be TJ Finley or is it going to be Calzada, the transfer from Texas A&M? Number six, Miami taking on Texas A&M. Now head coach Mario Cristobal said he's going to retire the turnover chain. He's trying to get the Miami Hurricanes back to their dominant ways in the early 2000s. And I know every time Miami gets into the top 10 and they get a big win, automatically people go to, the U is back. Well, the U cannot be back unless they compete for a national championship every year. And I just don't know, with NIL, with how Alabama and Ohio State, and now Georgia is on the college football scene, I just don't know how they can do that, especially when Clemson is going to have a bounce-back year. A lot of people are picking Clemson to get back to the college football playoff. And then that's the next game, Clemson at Notre Dame. That is going to be a tough test. Clemson is going to be one of the favorites in the ACC. I think they win the Atlantic, Miami wins the Coastal, and they will be on a collision course to meet in the ACC championship. But Notre Dame, a top five program that has to play Ohio State. They have to play USC. And now they have to play Clemson. It's going to be tough. Now, I put this as number four because I think that Texas is going to be a much better program this year than their 4-8 and eight season last year under new head coach Steve Sarkeesian. They have Quinn Ewers. He is a top, talented quarterback. You know Arch Manning is coming in 2023, but Texas is going to be a little bit better, and this is the first time that Alabama is traveling on the road to take on a Power 5 conference opponent since 
they took on Penn State up in Happy Valley almost a decade ago. And that is going to be the 12 o'clock game, week two on Fox. I cannot wait to hear Gus Johnson call an Alabama game. And then the Chick-fil-A kickoff, Georgia and Oregon at number three. I'm looking forward to seeing Georgia defend their national championship. You know, Stetson Bennett has been getting a lot of criticism. May I remind you that he was third in QBR last year behind Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. Stetson Bennett has his weapons back at tight end. Brock Bowers, the best tight end in all of college football. And they still have some playmakers on defense, including Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith. So Georgia taking on Oregon. Bo Nix, the transfer from Auburn, now with the Oregon Ducks. I think that Oregon is going to be a top 15 team in the AP poll. So this is going to be a big game. And plus, it's the return of Dan Lanning, the former defensive coordinator for the Georgia Bulldogs, now the head coach at Oregon. And that is going to be a very intriguing game. Number two, I've already talked about this game, Ohio State and Notre Dame. You know, a while back, they met in the Fiesta Bowl when uh, A.J. Hawk was the linebacker, Brady Quinn was the quarterback for Notre Dame, and Ohio State just bullied Notre Dame. Ohio State seems like the team to beat this year. They're getting everybody back. C.J. Stroud is, if not the best quarterback in college football, right there, a 1-1A one with Bryce Young. A lot of people are predicting that it's going to be Alabama and Ohio State in the national championship game. So that's going to be a big one. And the reason why I put this game number one is because of the Jimbo Fisher-Nick Saban feud, Alabama and Texas A&M on October 9th. I guarantee that's going to be the primetime CBS game. You get to hear the wonderful Gary Danielson do his color commentating and Alabama taking on the Texas A&M Aggies who got the number one recruiting class this season. NIL has completely changed the game. But I also think that the transfer portal has really changed the game. And you have some elite coaches. You're probably wondering why I didn't put Michigan and Ohio State in there. I don't know. I think Michigan could fall off just slightly. I still think they're going to be ranked when the new AP preseason poll comes out. I'm just going to throw that out there. I think Alabama's going to be number one. Ohio State is going to be number two, followed by Georgia. You could flip-flop those two teams. Clemson is going to be number four. They are going to return to prominence. I think that they could even go undefeated this year. I think they're going to have a bounce-back year, especially getting most of their defensive starters back. Notre Dame is going to be number five. I'm going to say Texas A&M is number six. Michigan is going to be number seven. And then uh, we are going to put... I guess I'll throw in Wisconsin in that mix. And uh, don't sleep on Michigan State. I think Mel Tucker has done a great job over there. I would not be shocked if you had five SEC teams in the top ten. I like Texas A&M. I think Arkansas could be up there. I think Arkansas could be a preseason top ten team. But I'm just excited to see the new preseason rankings in college football. All right, this is the week for NFL training camp. And can the Los Angeles Rams repeat as Super Bowl champions? It seems like they reloaded after losing Odell Beckham Jr. They gain Allen Robinson. They lose Vaughn Miller. They gain Bobby Wagner. Cam Akers is going to be back for a full season. I think that the Los Angeles Rams and the Buffalo Bills, which will meet in week one, by the way, are on a collision course 
to meet in the Super Bowl. I was looking at the latest projections. They predict that the Rams are going to be 14 and 3, and they're also projecting that the Buffalo Bills are going to be 14 and 3. So they are on a collision course to meet in the Super Bowl. Just exciting. You know, had the Madden ratings coming out. Aaron Donald had a 99 rating. Tom Brady, surprisingly, was the best quarterback with a 97 rating. And then you got the Detroit Lions are going to be on hard knocks. I cannot wait to watch this. I am so glad I have an HBO Max subscription because I cannot get enough of their head coach, Dan Campbell. He is the most entertaining head coach. By the way, he's one of those coaches on the hot seat this year. But the Detroit Lions... I like their wide receiver, Jamison Williams. Jared Goff has something to prove. The Detroit Lions getting Aiden Hutchinson. I think that he could be defensive rookie of the year. But Dan Campbell getting up there with the press conferences, biting them in the kneecaps. Oh, I love it. Deshaun Watson reports to training camp. I don't know if he's going to be suspended for the entire season or if he's going to be suspended for six games. But he is still a top five quarterback. And if he plays for the Cleveland Browns, I think that the Cleveland Browns become a Super Bowl favorite. But we'll see what the suspension is going to be. I think he's going to be suspended for the entire season. That's just my opinion. So every time I have a show where I don't have a guest, I'm going to preview a division. And what better fitting way to preview the division closest to proximity to where I do the show out of Columbus, Georgia. I'm going to preview the NFC South, and it is very simple. Tom Brady coming back. He's going to turn 45 on August the 3rd. Even with Rob Gronkowski retiring, they bring in Kyle Rudolph. They still have a great set of tight ends with O.J. Howard and Cameron Brait. He still has weapons. He has Mike Evans. He has Chris Godwin, Leonard Fournette. The entire team is coming back. The question is, can Tom Brady still do it at age 45? I don't think age will ever be a factor for Tom Brady. But I honestly think, and I could be wrong, this could be Tom Brady's last season. I know. Probably not. He's pulling a Brett Favre like what Brett Favre did 10 years ago. So the latest prediction, and I pull this on off the internet, uh, they have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going 13-4. and four. Yeah, that's a little high. I think they go either 12 and 5 or 11 and 6. Followed by the Carolina Panthers. They have them projected to finish 9 and 8. A new quarterback at the realm, Baker Mayfield. He has got something to prove. Remember, he's got weapons. Baker Mayfield has Christian McCaffrey, who is the most versatile running back in the NFL. Panthers have a good defense. Matt Rule is a good offensive play caller. Although I feel that Matt Rule is on the hot seat this year. If the Panthers don't have a regular season where they compete for a playoff berth, I think that Matt Rule is gone. So this Baker Mayfield experiment better work because they've given up a lot of draft picks, and they also have Sam Darnold, which they've given up a lot of draft picks for. So their backup quarterback is one of those top quarterbacks that they were able to get. So they have to make it work with Baker Mayfield. Don't be surprised if Cam Newton comes out and plays on a discount for Carolina. He's always been a fan favorite. Oh, that would just be incredible if Cam Newton ended up taking the starting job away from Baker Mayfield. But if Baker Mayfield is the quarterback that everybody says he is, Carolina should be right at that 9-8 mark, 8-9, hovering at 500. Now let's talk about the New Orleans Saints projected to finish third. They are going to take a huge step back without Sean Payton. I know that Dennis Allen has been a head coach before with the Raiders. And I know he's a great defensive coordinator. It's just not the same. 
How did it turn out for North Turner as a head coach? How did it turn out for Wade Phillips as a head coach? It didn't turn out so well for Denver last year with Vic Fangio. Great coordinators don't always necessarily make great head coaches. And I think that the New Orleans Saints take a step back, even though their wide receiver core got a little bit better with Chris Olave, the rookie out of Ohio State, and Jarvis Landry. They do lose Michael Thomas. They released him. We don't know about the situation with Alvin Kamara. He could be suspended for six games to start the season. But we do know that they gave a lot of money to Taysom Hill. Jameis Winston should be the starting quarterback. And when healthy, he is a formidable starting quarterback for the Saints. The Saints improved their defense a lot getting the Honey Badger. And their secondary is one of the best secondaries in the NFL. With Marshawn Lattimore, probably the best corner in the league. They have great defensive players like Demario Davis and Cam Jordan. The Saints defense is going to be great, but that leadership they are missing with Sean Payton and Drew Brees, that was just an incredible tandem quarterback-coach combination for decades since 2006. And then let's talk about the local team, the Atlanta Falcons. I'm going to have Justin Dale on the show next week. He is a Falcons fan, and it's going to be a rebuilding season. I am skeptical. I'm very optimistic about the Falcons. They could surprise people. Maybe Marcus Mariota has a resurrected career under second-year head coach Arthur Smith. But this Falcons team, I looked at their depth chart this morning. They are strong in several areas, but they lack depth. Absolutely lack depth, including at wide receiver. That's why they got Drake London, because they can't compete at wide receiver with Calvin Ridley gone suspended for the entire season because of gambling. Cordell Patterson is their running back. He is more of a slot wide receiver kickoff returner, and they have him listed as a running back. Drake London, who's a rookie, he's unproven. Marcus Mariota is going to have to give him the ball a lot because Kyle Pitts is going to get double teamed. He is going to be a matchup nightmare, and the offensive line is going to take a step back. I think that having a mobile quarterback might help the Falcons, compared to Matt Ryan, but they're going to miss that leadership. Matt Ryan was a winner. He was able to make a bad situation out of nothing. And the Falcons finished 7-10 and last year. The people that are projecting the NFC South this year, they got them finishing 4-13. and I think it's going to be a long year for Atlanta Falcons fans, and I am tired of getting on the TV on the Fox game at 1 o'clock and seeing an empty Mercedes-Benz Stadium The fans are disappointed. They're not going to come out. It's been a long time since I've been to an Atlanta Falcons game. The last time I went was in 2016. So it's going to be a very long season for your Atlanta Falcons, which they do have some good pieces on defense. I like A.J. Terrell as their cornerback and Grady Jarrett as a defensive tackle. I think those are the two players that you want to try to pay. I'd like to see Desmond Ritter when we get into that first preseason game in a couple of weeks as they will take on the Detroit Lions. That will be August the 11th. Well, I have had a great show. I just want to thank everybody that's listened to this podcast. I'm hoping to have a video podcast. I'm going to try to expand the audience, but don't forget that I do have some great shows coming up this week. 
including Maurice Leggett from the Columbus Lions, Tony Chavez, and the head baseball coach of Russell County, Tony Dimitri. Well, that's all the time I have on the show. I want to thank all my listeners that downloaded and subscribed to my podcast. And don't forget, I am on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And I'm not on TikTok yet, but I am working on it. I know my kids try to introduce me to TikTok, and maybe I'm just too old. I'm too old to get on TikTok, but who knows? That's where the audience is. I might want to try it someday. Hope you enjoy the rest of your day, and I will talk to you later. Bye, everybody. This is the show. And we're not going to change it. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been The Sports Beat with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.